0: Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard.
1: Hello there and welcome to episode 68, hour number two of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Uh, We have split things into two hours. Hour number one came out Monday and this is hour number two coming out on Wednesdays and uh, this is going to be a really, really fun show. But if you are familiar with this show, you know that it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy and you also know there's also one way that we get things going on this program and that's by finding out What's
2: your groove? Put that in your pipe
0: and smoke it. Can you dig it?
1: Kinda grabs you by the booboo doing it.
2: Pipe in a grip, one in a This is great. This is the bee's knees.
1: So, when I say what's your groove, uh, I mean if you are grooving with something, what is it? Maybe you've got a joint, maybe you got a bong, maybe you got a nice big vaporizer like I do right here. This giant bag. Let me switch cameras here, actually. It might be better. Uh, The old Supernova from, I call it the Supernova. It's the Volcano Hybrid uh, from stores and Bickle. So anyway, I ask what's your groove, meaning if you're uh, going with something cannabis-wise while you're listening to the show, let me know what it is. Maybe you've just got some nice, relaxing CBD. Maybe you've had an edible or two. I'm not sure, but I'm going to get my groove on Because I have uh, melon cookies. Woohoo! From Natural History. You will find out in a couple of seconds why I am going with this. I love, 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 love the uh, volcano, it's ridiculous. It is a great investment um, if uh, maybe smoking isn't your thing. Uh, it certainly uh, makes it uh, a lot easier. I, I, since I've been using this volcano, I definitely my coughing has gone way down when it comes to cannabis. and if you if you use cannabis a lot, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So here is what's coming down the hash pipe, so to speak, on this episode, Jim Hole of Atlas Growers and Natural History is their rec side. Uh, he is the VP of Cultivation at Atlas. He's going to join us for an excellent conversation. I really enjoyed this one with Jim Hole. And we're also going to have What's That Strain featuring melon cookies. That's what I was talking about uh, from earlier. So What's That Strain, of course, is with uh, Chris Ionson, our educator. Uh, he is, of course, with the Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave. And so Melon Cookies from Natural History is what we're doing. Our cannabis question, we'll throw it to you in just a second. And we'll also have our cannabis character Uh, hint. It's played by a Canadian. You should like this. We'll also tell you a little bit about the uh, Weed Weekly as we get going. But let's get going now with the cannabis question.
0: It's prize time. <laughs> Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a crepe, bong and a blinch. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds. Or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go.
1: So for those of you watching, thank you very much. Either on our YouTube channel, the WeTube, or on any of our social media feeds, you can see that the cannabis question is, who are you thankful for in the cannabis industry? If you're listening, thank you very much for doing that. We do now have video, as you've heard me say. So you can check that out on those channels. If you'd like to check out the studio and some of the cool things... Uh, that we'll be showing you over time. So uh, who are you thankful for in the cannabis industry? Of course, just coming out of Thanksgiving. Um, On our number one, I mentioned uh, Grant Sanderson of Nova Cannabis, uh, who was a big help in giving us some information and some good contacts as I was launching this show um, in May of uh, 2019. And so today I'm going to pay tribute to somebody else, and that's Jessica Patrician, who owns Spirit Leaf Argyle. Uh, A a woman who reached out to me um, and just, you know, started a conversation about my show and about uh, her store. I was able to be on location for their Spirit Leaf bus tour. That was so much fun. And uh, I've been able to build a great relationship with her and her staff. I love going in there and talking with the different bud tenders that are working or Nicole, uh, the manager, and you know i i i go in there now without any kind of ideas and kind of go based on their recommendation and you know we uh back and forth about you know how i feel about this or that and uh and i and i certainly do a lot of journaling with cannabis about uh, you know different effects and tastes and and how I just felt with it and stuff. So uh, I really appreciated building relationships in this industry. And uh, I love that uh, Jessica was uh, great to reach out and say, Hey, uh, I like the show. This is good. This is uh, something that's uh, important. And, you know, kind of reaffirms that we are hopefully doing something right. And I've been able to learn so much from her and her staff. So uh, who are you thankful for in the cannabis industry? Uh, Hit me up. On Twitter, at The Cannabis 101. You can also get us on Facebook and Instagram, The Cannabis 101 Podcast. And certainly, uh, you can um, chime in anonymously at Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. That's Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. I actually got this uh, cool email uh, from uh, Monday show about uh, one of the guys who's listening. His name's Lloyd. He says, hey, man, what's my groove? I picked up some Delta 9 Super Lemon Haze, and holy hell, it tastes like I'm eating lemon heads when I vape it with my packs, too. So good. Delta 9 has been running a huge sale on their products for the past couple of weeks, and some uh, had to stock up uh, at some others with some great pricing. As for the question of uh, the cannabis question, uh, I'm thankful for Seth Rogen. His advocacy and public openness on cannabis use has sure helped to move things along in Canada and in the U.S. His movies are great as well. Hope all is well with you. Digging the new format on splitting the show. Keep it up, man. Uh, thank you very much, Lloyd, uh, for chiming in on the cannabis question. And yeah, definitely Seth Rogen. Uh, you know, I, I look at uh, Tommy Chong as the uh the godfather of cannabis entertainment not just in Canada but everywhere him and Cheech Marin and i think Seth Rogen has kind of grabbed that mantle as uh, you know Cheech and Chong aren't making movies anymore Seth Rogen probably grew up on some of those Cheech and Chong movies for sure so i love hearing from people love to hear from you uh hit us up on any of our social media feeds or you can certainly uh, email us, Cannabis101Podcast at com. And just for chiming in, somebody is going to go home with a Cannabis 101 Podcast prize pack. As for what goes well with cannabis, uh, that is anything that you pair well with cannabis. And I'll say um, licking my wounds, uh, my emotional wounds as the uh, LA Dodgers uh, were crushed Uh, last night in uh, Major League Baseball in the playoffs and are now down to nothing and it was uh, not fun and so uh, needed maybe a little pick-me-up and cannabis is good for that Put you in a different mood put things in perspective that it is only baseball and real life and death uh, occurs unfortunately Uh, lost a really good friend uh, this week to a car accident a guy that I worked with so uh, Rob and his wife, were thinking about you, uh, certainly in your family. So uh, cannabis also is good to put things into perspective uh, for sure. I also want to tell you about the Weed Weekly. That is our newsletter that comes out every Friday. Keeps you up to date on what you might have missed with the Cannabis Podcast, what's coming up with the Cannabis Podcast, some specials that we have going on. We've got some really cool things in the next little while. And you can win prizes. That's always fun as well. So all you have to do is head to www. Cannabis101podcast.ca and sign up for our weekly, the Weed Weekly, rather. It's our newsletter that comes out every Friday and you can keep up to date with what's going on with hopefully one of your favorite podcasts. So that's www.cannabis101podcast.ca and if you sign up, you're in the mix for our weekly prize pack. All right, Jim Hole on the other side of the weed song uh, from the artist, my dad dog
0: Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.
1: Jim, it is uh, so great to have you in studio. I really enjoyed uh, the time I was able to spend at Atlas recently and seeing exactly what you guys do. It's magnificent. So thank you very much for uh, coming out and uh, joining us here on the Cannabis 101 podcast.
3: Yeah, it's great to be here, Dean.
1: I wanted to uh, kind of get a little bit of a history. I always like to tell people or ask people what they did before <laughs> the cannabis industry. Uh, I think most of us know uh, what you did, but, uh, you know, maybe for the people that, you know, there's a, a lot of this audience in the United States and, yeah. and and around the world, can you maybe just give us the the history of the whole family and horticulture, particularly in our area?
3: Yeah. Well, if it really goes back, <clears throat> excuse me, it really goes back uh, quite a few years. When my dad, he went to the University of Alberta, no real experience in uh, agriculture, got an ag degree. He family nine kids in the family, a bunch of them are engineers. He decided, forget it. I want to grow. I want to grow stuff. I want to raise a family on a farm. So he came to St. Albert. We started off with hogs, a few cattle. 2,000 chickens, we had 2,000 laying hens, so my brother and I, our job was to go out to the barn in the evening, gather the eggs up, candle them, you wash them, candle them, and then we ship them off to, at that time it was one of the big chain stores, Mm -hmm. and so we did that for a number of years, then we transitioned into vegetables, we grew all kinds of corn, cucumbers, cabbage, broccoli, you name it, and then we... Thought, well, if we're going to do this, we should get some greenhouses to start the transplants off. So that's how we got into the greenhouse business, did that. And then we grew the vegetable business, grew the uh, greenhouse business, combined the two. And then we decided, man, this is a lot. Dropped, sort of put the vegetables off the side. Always had a big home garden. Mm -hmm. Mom always grew all kinds of stuff. And then we really focused on the greenhouse business. And we grew everything in there. We had all kinds of ornamentals, ger- you name it, geraniums, marigolds, et cetera, et cetera. Also grew commercially tomatoes and peppers and greenhouse cucumbers. So we had a lot of experience in that. So basically, grew up, I grew up growing a lot of different things. I grew up killing a lot of things, too. <laughs> Let's be honest. I tell people that, and they're horrified. I said, wait a minute, guys. So I shouldn't feel bad for no, the uh, the herbs and the plants
1: that have died this year
3: in this no. place? Don't feel bad because to learn how to grow you have to kill a few plants okay so that could for me it numbered in the several thousands but you say okay we'll make that mistake again right you okay, won't we'll make that mistake again so you learn a lot you learn about how the plants grow how you can push the limits um if you look at for example the tomatoes and growing them commercially there's a high demand by the wholesalers and the the people that come into the store for that perfect tomato, mm-hmm. and you got to get the yield if you're going to make any money of the perfect tomato. So, there's a lot of things that we did. Did that for too many years to mention, uh, and then uh, you know, went into the cannabis business.
1: So the the uh, the greenhouse business was basically, you know, that was your home life too, right? Well, was, like that was, that's, you grew like, did you ever want to do anything different or were you hooked right away with well,
3: it? Well, okay, so I had that one point in my life where I, I played football at the University yeah. of Alberta. I was drafted by the sure. Eskimos. I went to the Eskimo camp now the pull of the family and the greenhouses was too much i really? went and i said i had to go to the coach and say look i'm sorry i i really am sorry i was into the playing football but i said i got to go back to the farm and i want to go back to the greenhouses i want to make sure that my the family is you know not is going to make it because i Help felt out. like i was a big part of my it's only my brother mm-hmm. and i and my parents so i felt wow. like a real strong pull back to that
1: well, wow. well, and obviously, uh, and it had a passion for it too, right? You know, you, yeah. you, you're, you're, it was something like, like, do you remember at what age were you where you were like, I really love growing this stuff or at least trying to grow this stuff? Uh,
3: I think it was, I was probably, I was still, I was on my, I guess, I'm to say 10 or 11 years mm-hmm. old. And what I found absolutely fascinating was that we could plant these tiny seeds in the field. We had a four row cedar. So we would plant carrots and cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli. Long, long rows, as far as the eye could see. So one day you go up there and plant. You can see where you made the marks where the seed went in. And then a few days later, you see these seeds popping up. Right. It's one of the most beautiful things to see. And we had what we call a precision cedar. So it spaced the cabbage out every foot. And in a good year, good moisture, it was gorgeous. You just see boom, 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 as far as the eye can see. That hooked me. And I'd be, always be the first one in the family to go to the field and I'd scratch away the surface mm-hmm. and see if I could find the first germinated seed. Yeah, and that was a big thrill.
1: It's like the first uh, Christmas present or something was, like that, right? For me it was, yeah. yeah. It
3: was like the first of the Christmas present. And again, to see that beautiful crop coming up, yeah. it had a promise for the future, right? What, what is it that makes
1: the cannabis plant then, as we kind of move into you know, what's going on now, unique from some of the other things that you have worked with?
3: Well, I think with cannabis... It's an interesting world because what we have is we have cannabis that came, let's face it, from the black market. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people had grown the cannabis in the black market, no choice. So what really was fascinating is that there's all of this knowledge built up by people that for many years had to kind of kind of deal with the illegality of it and grow this ca- this cannabis, often hidden away. And they did a great job. And so, if you look at that, that was fascinating as to what these people had done right on the other side of the equation is that it's a plant, it is a plant it does not defy the rules of chemistry and physics and so, if you look at the horticultural side that I grew up with, um I brought that knowledge to the table, but it's completely disrespectful not to not to admire the work done by the people that grew it illegally in the black market. Mm-hmm. And I say, if you do it right, which is what Atlas is doing, take the very best of the what the people have done over the years in the black market, and take the very best of commercial horticulture, if the two sides listen, respect to one another, you got a winning combination. Yeah, That's what Atlas has. So I hear about, like for example, you know, I hear about the plant breeders coming into the cannabis market. They want to breed the cannabis. Guess what guys, beaten to the punch, mm-hmm. A lot of really smart people, dedicated people, did it behind the closed doors. And they developed these spectacular varieties. We're benefiting from that. Yeah. So to dismiss those guys, those men and women, is a really major mistake.
1: Yeah, it, there there has to be a place for people that were in the grain market. Yes, now in this market that we're in, because the knowledge there is so much knowledge out there, like you know, show me the guy or girl who yeah. thinks they know everything about cannabis and I'll tell you they're a liar because it's impossible. There's, you know, listen, you've been around plants all your life and you're probably still learning oh, yeah, about absolutely. the cannabis plant, right?
3: Yeah. You're you're still learning. And again, it's not ever dismissing anybody. I think, I think if you do it right, let's call it the two different parties. Sure. Take the ego. Yeah. Check the ego, sit down at the table, talk about it, and then go in and see what your efforts have done. And, and, the way I look at it is it's always science. People Mm -hmm. have come to me and said, oh, well, we did this. And I said, you know what, guys? Science transcends everything. Science is the black market. Science is commercial commercial horticulture because ultimately the plants don't care about your politics. They rely on the science. So if you say that you fed your cannabis... Cow manure and it grew great? Absolutely, but it's still science. Right. It's a nutrient right. in there. That's right. If you feed it a commercial what, called salts, fertilizer, and the plants grew great? Yes, that's science. So those are the kinds of things that I really enjoy. And I always like people to challenge. Mm-hmm. Challenge me? I like to challenge them. And again, if, you, if you're candid, you challenge each other, you've got a great combination there.
1: A hundred percent. We're certainly always learning. So you mentioned that, you know, you grew up uh, growing and killing uh, a lot of (laughs) things, but what was your first, uh, and, and when was your first experience of, of growing a cannabis plant? Like, did you try it a long time ago or was it just like
3: now? Like, what was it like? Yeah, no, it wasn't, it was, it was a long time ago. It was uh, growing the cannabis occurred. Well, let's put it this way. Yeah. On people's windowsills, there was the cannabis plants and you'd see it and it might help, I might help them out with that a little bit, but the real true experience was at the Atlas so you never
1: tried to grow at home or any no, kind I of that it's thing? No, I because
3: I had so much going on at the greenhouse anyways, right? <laughs> yeah. I, when I got home, I had, okay, I'm done, man. Yeah, that's, that's true, it. Right? I got tomatoes I got to worry about and peppers and the whole bit. So so, so
1: that first experience, when you first got into yeah. it, uh, you know, you know, what was that like?
3: So it was like, well, here it is. So, so we go back. This Christmas will have been two years. Christmas Day when the first seedling popped out of the substrate. Really was a Christmas present. It was a Christmas, and I thought, oh, this is this is this is something. Here it is, the twenty fifth of December, and our first seedling pops up. And so from there, it was a matter of taking that right through all the way from seedling to transplant uh, and right through to finish. So you get to see the whole cycle of the crop there. So that's when I got to see the whole thing unfold.
1: That is awesome. So maybe let's just discuss. You know when why you th- started thinking about getting into the cannabis industry. You know, what was the mm. kind of the pull?
3: Well, I, I've been approached by, so cannabis, We, as we know, it was coming in, g- going to be legalized. Mm. The I, anniversary
1: coming up this weekend. That's
3: right. Mm. That's right. And I had people come to the greenhouses and say, hey, you know, we'd like you to be part of this team uh part of it was they wanted to actually grow in the greenhouse, and I said, "Well, mm. that's not going to happen." We've got, you know, I said, "There's odor issues, right? Yeah. If you're having weddings in at one time a greenhouse, and the regulations back. wouldn't yeah, have allowed no, it no, anyway. No, it so. wasn't going to, wasn't going to allow it. No, so I said, "Thank you," but, but no, thank you. And then I, it, a, few months went by, and then, um, Sheldon and uh, and and Clint, whose property that the cannabis uh, facility is on came to me, sat down had a chat, and they wanted to explore whether or not I'd be interested in in doing this and i thought yeah i I love plants, I love challenges mm-hmm. this makes perfect sense
1: and so had you thought about it before like you know was there was when legalization is announced and this is all going on is it, are you thinking this could be a natural for me, or you know what was the you know what was the the process like for
3: you well i think I think way i mean we always joked about it on the family sure yeah all we need is one crop that's in the greenhouse right. we can all retire <laughs> we're done you know just grow one crop just one crop so that was always the joke right but in the back of my mind again it being a plant and a very it has such a unique history sure and, and a lot of division yeah. yeah and i thought man that's the next challenging plant that i'd like to explore and grow because i i just again it to me it was a challenge On different levels. It was Mm. a challenge to perfect the techniques of growing. It was a challenge to break down the sort of the stereotype of this particular crop. And I thought that I could assist in both arenas there. So it was something that I was wanting to jump into both feet.
1: I think you've been asked this before, but uh, and and you mentioned in in our conversation, you know, your mom was pretty liberal and open about it. That, you know, the whole family carries a lot of weight in horticulture. Right. Where their concerns, uh, you know, and, and you know. I, Uh, maybe your mom would be like, this is a great thing that you guys are doing is it's, it's just growing, right? In in essence, it's doing what you guys always did. It's just a different plant, which is now legal. It carries a stigma, but what do you think
3: about that? Well, I think with the family, I know mom and dad were both very liberal and I think mom's attitude was, if it's going to help whatever it was that would help people, Mm -hmm. um, she was in favor of it and she was not judgmental and she didn't, uh, you know, if you're if you are doing something that's gonna benefit you, you're not hurting other people, she was fine with that. So there there was that. But I have to say that there was the concern from family members about wow, Jim Hole Holes Greenhouse's family right. reputation. Would that create some problems? My brother was kind of boy, I don't know. My sister in law was, oh, I don't know about this. This is gonna be I think we're gonna have people upset. Mm-hmm. but what convinced my brother and my sister in law on that front? was when an elderly lady came in and said, I know you, you're you going into the cannabis business. And there was kind of that pause. What's, What's what going to happen, say? yeah. And she said, you know, I don't use cannabis now, but if I ever need to use cannabis, I want to know that I can get it from reliable people like you, that I can trust. Right. And so she was very open to it. And that was the clincher, that was like, Okay, there's
1: another side. Yeah, is. and
3: she was not like you again an older demographic. Mm-hmm. And so then we we still waited. Okay, what's well, okay? What are all the people going to say? You can hear the uh, you can hear the crickets. chirping. Yeah. nothing. No, yeah. people were it's going to be legalized. They're fine with it. It doesn't mean that everybody wants to use it. Or right. Everybody thinks it's wonderful. But there wasn't any pushback on yeah.
1: it yeah, I, I just think people thought that is just a natural progression for the whole family. I, well, you know that's what I you heard.
3: Know? It's, you know Dean you're right. I mean that's what I heard. there was kind of like that makes they thought it made perfect sense. That was the next step. And I think because of the fact that they thought, okay, we got now we have commercial people who are involved in a commercial horticulture getting into it, that makes it even that much more legitimate. Mm-hmm. Like if these people are prepared, prepared to do it. Yeah, they're bringing their techniques and their knowledge to the table. That's got to help the industry, and I, I believe that is the case
1: well what what that you know elderly woman was talking about is the essence of legalization, knowing that your cannabis or your product is safe right yeah. and and that is um what that you know the the stamp of approval and and the reputations that you're trusting as opposed to you know let's face it my my cannabis was here's fifty bucks, give me whatever, yeah. and that's what it before legalization and i didn't i to be honest, I thought like Maui, Wowie, and Acapulco Gold <laughs> were stuff Cheech and Chong made up in movies. I had no idea there were strain names. So right. there's a lot of information to learn, uh, but people want to learn from credible sources, and that's what legalization has given them, I think.
3: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. They want, they want that, and I, when, I, when I hear about people saying too, well, the black market, it's cheaper and that, and I don't think people realize where things can go sideways with cannabis. Like, for example, pesticides. Yes, Zero tolerance for it in there, you cannot be spraying these different things. Somebody who has a pest problem not in the legal market would spray just to control and that 's right in some respects, I understand it, but again you 're endangering people. The other thing is the heavy metals. cannabis is notorious for pulling up heavy metals. in mm-hmm. fact, hemp was used in Chernobyl to pull up the radionucleotides to kind of and take it so that the plant would extract it. Wow, they could take it out, and now they 're cleaning up that soil so Cannabis is very adept at pulling up things that aren't good, yes. both good nutrients and heavy metals that aren't good. So you look at selenium, you look at all other kinds of lead, uh, other uh, heavy metals that aren't great for human health. They can. So you've got to be aware of that. So it's something that Health Canada very strict on that. I appreciate it's it's a pain. Mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't don't kid yourself. It's but it a has pain. to be. But it has to be. It just yeah. has to be that way.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's the same reason, you know. We were seeing uh, a lot of unfortunate things with some of those vape pens that were coming yeah. out because the, the the dealers cutting corners, right? Uh, the black market dealer is cutting corners to make more money, yeah. and and that's something that you are not gonna not gonna find. You can't,
3: you can't from an ethical and a regulatory position. You can't, you can't do it. No, ethically, who, nobody's. I, I wouldn't want to be a part of a company that even tried that. No, and then uh, then then Health Canada is there to enforce the fact that if somebody is that stupid to do yeah. that, they're going to be there to, to check it and they're going to put you out of business. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about
1: uh, kind of Atlas and, and, you know, Atlas is uh, a growers is a medical side. And then you guys have natural cannabis uh, coming out. Uh, yeah. What are some of the things that kind of excites you uh, with what you guys are doing at Atlas?
3: Well, I think right now it is the fact that if you kind of go back, uh, we've got some great people at the facility that have, got a depth of knowledge on the very best genetics. Mm. And I can, I'm not that guy. So we'd probably be growing hemp. Really nice hemp. <laughs> but it'd be hemp. So I look at our grow team of, you know, we got uh, Reed Myers, the chief scientist, yes. and the master growers, you know, we have we have uh, John and, and Chris out there. And we're bouncing ideas all the time off one another. And we're arguing about stuff, and we're making it better. So... That's the exciting thing about the Atlas Company is that it's a young company. It's progressive. We're prepared to rock the boat a bit. We're prepared to uh, just ensure that we're that we're making the very best product that we can, mm-hmm. and that starts with the genetics. You know, so if you don't have the right genetics, a very fundamental mistake that's happened occurred in the marketplace is there is this gold mine. I'm just, I'm going to build. I'm going to build big, and I'm going to put cannabis in there. Generic term, cannabis. Right. Not No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. What are you actually growing? Yeah, what cannabis? I look at tomatoes, for example. In the greenhouse, I had 20-foot tall beefsteak tomatoes. Great big fruit. I had mini-motto, which is about two feet tall, right? So if you want the beefsteak, I don't care what you do to the mini-motto. It's not going to give you a beefsteak tomato. Right, right. So you got to have the good cultivars in there. And that means you search out, you explore, you understand. Again, not my field. These other guys did that fantastic work on that side and the good news is we're not stopping on that we're just going to keep going and create and, ha- and putting out the mm-hmm. next great cultivars because we know that's what the marketplace wants and we can explore so you look at the cannabinoids so it's not we all know thc and cbd but there's a ton of other ones in there that are purported to and i can't claim any health sure benefits, we're gonna the get there though to, Yeah, better sleeping weight reduction I know people that do, for example, they give some cannabis to their pets. Mm -hmm. They give some of the CBD. Yes. Not trying to get them high, obviously. No. And again, I'm not endorsing that, but I, I hear anecdotally... How much that's helped their pets.
1: The pet market's going to explode here with CBD. I, I think
3: it will. Yeah. So that's kind of where. So again, exciting that we can get the best, have the best genetics, and then take it, and then, and then when you have the best, growing it to extract the very best from that particular plant.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. You can have the best growing setup and everything, but if you don't start with the right product. You know, it's like but if you go it. buy a bad steak. I don't care how good uh, your it's, barbecue is; it's still going to be a bad steak. You can't pour enough barbecue That's sauce like or opinion. salt. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like not the old West where right? <laughs> yeah. we we'll just throw some salt on it, yeah, right? Exactly, salt pork or whatever. <laughs> so, do you think? There is something that sets your team apart, and, and I know yeah. you, okay, I, I was going to say, I know you don't haven't been in the space a long time, but what is it that sets you guys apart?
3: Well, I think it's a young team, and again, I think what it is, is we don't have these layers in the company. It's a smaller company. Sure. You know, so we've got a, a smaller grow operation, we've aligned ourselves with some others that really are going to be under very close scrutiny by us growing out our genetics, right? and we can test it, we can test it in-house and see what's happening there. But the, the people at the top, you know, you look at Sheldon, the CEO of the company, and uh, Jeff, What a CEO, brilliant and, mind. Yeah, and Clint, who's it's at, on his farm, basically. But these guys, it's not these layers. We go and we talk. They're all today. We're joking. We're talking about how to make things better. You know, that didn't go so great. That went great. And then our, our grow team. And uh, you look at on the uh, processing side. We've got some... Real experts in the lab that mm-hmm. I'm just fascinated by extracting all different cannabinoids and packaging up all this product. So it there's no end to the exciting things that are happening out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we were when we were we did uh, La Cushcake and we were talking about uh, you know Sheldon's background of uh, entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah. Like he sounds like he was a a child prodigy when it came to the to the business side. Is it one of those uh, places too where? you know, everybody gets to throw in some, some input or is it like, these are the experts, let them do the work. You know, because some, some places work differently where it's like only this guy who knows this is allowed to talk on this and nobody yeah. else is allowed to put any input in. I'm oh. not sure if those are successful.
3: Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer and even this morning, you know, discussing something, arguing about something, and coming up with the best solution. That's what happened in my family. My brother and I, we and my parents, we'd be arguing at the lunch table and supper table. When you're all said and done, you come up with the great solutions. Anytime you got to kind of go, I can't say that, I can't say that, I can't say that, you're not making the progress. So everybody, speak your mind, tell us, because that's how you improve. Mm -hmm. And again, the layers aren't there. There's Sheldon and Jeff and Clint and everybody. We're all sitting at the same table, talking about this, debating stuff having some good laughs too, right? No question, right. it's not all serious, but then having that goal to be you know, the world's most trusted cannabis company. Yeah. And that's what, we, that's what we want to do. And if you look at on the medicinal side and the adult use side, the lines blur a bit too. We sure. all know that. What is yep. a medicine? What is a, something that's therapeutic? And what is mm. something that's more adult use?
1: Yeah, well, they can be both for different people, right? We all experience it differently, right? Absolutely.
3: So. I hear that from different people that this is, their particular cultivar, that's the one they love yeah. because it does this for me. Well,
1: yeah, like Blue Dream is the, the, the one for me that, you know, when, well, I, you know, I use cannabis for my mental health, and I know Blue Dream is going to help me immensely with my, with my mental health. So, you know, it's, you get comfortable, and, and that's why, you know, it's, you, can, you can experiment safely. You can go slow. You can, you can have a little bit, find out what is it, journal about it. There's so many things that cannabis certainly can help you, and I also love it recreational too.
3: Yeah, exactly. And one thing I want to add, too, is we have hired a medical doctor onto the uh, staff Mm. who is going to assist us. Because I think you you hit the nail on the head. So there's something that you like. How do we take that particular cannabis cultivar and fine-tune it and align it with your particular needs or your friend's particular needs? That is the next phase Mm -hmm. of really doing it right. Because let's face it, something that's maybe got a 30% THC in there. It's not going to be right for some people i don't no. care, yeah, that is not a good way to go, yeah. maybe it's a maybe it is a ten percent t maybe it's five percent t c maybe it's no TC.
1: maybe it's c b d yeah maybe
3: it's pure c b d
1: yeah and and at some point. Uh, the cannabis world is going to realize that not everything is about THC and, you know, we're, we're so new in it and that uh, the people have to le- uh, to educate. We're going to get there. I can't wait for the time where people are not coming in saying, give me your high THC. They're, well, they want the entourage effect and, and everything else, right?
3: Well, a tip of the hat to you and the guys that came out there a couple of weeks ago because you went back and saw that and you appreciated that. Yeah. Like you're going, all oh, those terpenes. That's Man, right. That's wow. right. Yeah. You guys weren't talking THC. You did talk no. later about THC. Sure. But it was about that experience. It's like, it's like the glass of wine. Okay. You can you get ethanol and knock that back? But what about that, that, that drink experience mm-hmm. with wine or whiskey, whatever your thing is? And you guys really, I appreciate that you guys appreciated that.
1: Well, yeah, and the thing I always say is, how many times have you gone into a wine store and said, "Give me the bottle with the highest alcohol percentage"? Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Like that just rarely happens, yeah, right? I, like, I don't
3: go and buy my wine and go, "Yeah, crank that baby up." Yeah. Where's the where's the ethanol, man? That's right. You oh, don't go, "Oh, that's flavor, beautiful." Yeah, you don't ex-
1: exactly. And then that's what I loved about um, you know coming out and seeing the process. And you know, can you? Um, can you give us, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, the the growing setup that you guys have and, and kind of, you know, how, the yeah. process, what that's like? And, you know, I, I, obviously not everything, but just give us a yeah. kind of a peek at what you guys, I really was impressed with, you know, that giant room. I don't know if it's the, the main grow room or what, but can you give yeah. us a, just a peek about what's
3: going on out there? Well, so the strategy we've taken uh, is what we call a precision agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so what we mean by that is that we're dialing in everything into the crop so that we know exactly how much light to it gets. So we're not growing in greenhouse, we're growing all the indoor cultivation under grow lights. right? So we can set our light levels. We know exactly what the light levels were. We set our CO2. So the plants take the CO2, as you know, and they make sugars out of it. Right. So you gotta crank up your C2, so we dial that in. We dial in our fertilizer program. Okay, exactly what fertilizer goes in at what time. We know exactly what's in that fertilizer. We can check to know that it's not contaminated with anything. We have all the, the IDs on that, we can go in there. We do, we grow in the rock wool substrate, Mm. we call it. And it's. uh, if you think of rock wool, people say, what the heck is rock wool? It kind of looks like insulation. That's what I thought it was, yeah. So in a way, it's sort of along that line, but they they take basalt rock and they superheat it till it melts, and then it's spun like cotton candy. So what that does is a couple of things. One side benefit, sterile. No disease issues, nothing. Clean, 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 100% clean. And then it sets up the right sort of configuration with the fibers to give you lots of air and good moisture retention capacity right. and then but it has no nutrients in there so they're all hydroponically fed and so we dial that in and we know exactly what's going in and then we can to ensure that we're on the right track we can test out the buds and we know exactly what's in that crop we know the cannabinoids different types of cannabinoids the different types of uh, flavonoids that are another one there, mm-hmm. uh, terpenes, it's all there. We've got a report, so we know we're on the right track. And then again, the, the thing is with indoor cultivation is, it's not just, compared to greenhouse, people say, why do I grow in the greenhouses? Well, yeah, you can grow in greenhouses, but in the wintertime, yeah. you get less light, summertime excessive, well, lots of light, and maybe too much heat. So how do you get the consistent crop, So what you grew in January isn't the same as what you have in October. Right. So that's not a good thing. People want consistency. If you're going to be buying something like fruitcake, you want to know that it's the same January, same October, and you're happy. Mm -hmm. You don't want your wine to change. Nothing. You don't want your cannabis to change.
1: You don't want your podcast to change. Everything oh, in life is about consistency, <laughs> is. and cannabis is. You you want you want me to pick up, uh, you know, melon cookies today and be just as happy as the melon cookies I had three months ago, absolutely. or whatever it is, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's what it is. It
3: should be within that very narrow band. You're not going to want to see this huge huge fluctuation in that in that quality or that the uh, sort of the parameters mm-hmm. of the terpenes and the THC and CBD.
1: What is your favorite? part of the growing process you know at atlas that you guys are doing right now like it sounds it's it's a little different than when you would go out and find that first sprout right Uh, but but what what is the your favorite part about uh the product maybe it's finishing i'm not sure well
3: i think yeah i think if you look at it i would say there's a couple things that i really like i like to walk into a grow room and see that uniformity And knowing that if you put in a 1,000 plants, a 1,000 plants of equal quality come out. Right. That reaffirms that you made the right choice on your growing parameters and your substrate, you know, the Brock wool Mm -hmm. and all that, your fertilizer program. And then finally getting to the end of the production and seeing all the big fat buds on there. Now, I'll tell you, to be honest, I had to get an education on the buds. Sure. I can tell you all about tomatoes and cucumbers, what the fruit quality should look like, blah, blah, blah. I had to get schooled on it. They said, well, no. Those buds are kind of skinny. Oh, that's, yeah, no, they're, those are kind okay. of larfy. Yeah, you know, so I'm going, okay, guys, inform me. What's going on here? And they would say, okay, well, that's a little bit stretched out. We want to have these nice, dense buds. Mm. So I finally graduated from bud school now. <laughs> so now I know what looks good, but I wouldn't, again, let yeah. your guard down. Take that get these guys who, who know their product from homegrown or whatever. Listen to them. They'll tell you what the good-looking buds yeah. are. And I can say, okay. I can tweak this temperature. Do I think we can get there? You know, and get it to that point where we got just what we want.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Th- those rooms are great, and you can uh, push the the plants aside um, to to be able to walk through. It's just such a great room. It, do you know how many plants would be in a room like that? Yeah, I've
3: got you got over a thousand, wow. just over a thousand plants in a room. Interesting thing is, we got a thousand, and believe it or not. We may be reducing the density a bit because the cannabis plant is so aggressive, right? That you can you've got a lot of bud sites on there. Yeah. So, do you need that density? We're doing some experimentation. And we figure we can maybe reduce the number of plants that still mm-hmm. have the same yield and the same quality from uh, the cannabis plants. Always
1: trying to improving. That's that's another thing. Consistency and always trying to be better. Never resting, right?
3: Never, never sit back. No, absolutely. You got to keep pushing, and you got to keep trying to improve.
1: All right. So let's maybe chat about you know what are some of the things that we could see from you guys down the road. Uh, sneak peek. Uh, what do you got coming? Maybe some uh, concentrates, extracts, strains. I'm not sure. What, do, yeah, what do you guys got?
3: Well, we got a lot of a lot of the co- so we're really again there's all the value added products right like yeah. the pre rolls. So this is a whole new game. At first you're thinking, yeah, we're going to grow flower buds. We're yep. going to do some extraction. So we've got all these different products coming out. One one that I'm excited about, and it's kind of a, it's not on the market yet, not there yet, but I'm really excited about is some technology on patches. Oh yeah so patches, there's a company out of the United States.
1: Like the transdermal patches? Transdermal. Yeah. The
3: trick with transdermal is that having the right formulation so it actually goes across and through the skin. Mm-hmm. And to date, a lot of these patches have been mediocre. So apparently this particular one has got, well I know it does from the research, it has the, it's, it's very effective at letting those products from the cannabis plant go through the skin. Good. Now, it's interesting because we had the patch. We're talking about this, right? So here, here's the, maybe it's, I shouldn't say age, but one of the, the purists in the room said, no bloody way i ever put a patch on me to, you know, because I said, okay, guys, yeah. I would. Yeah. And I'll tell you, a bunch of my friends would. Yes. And it's like, maybe it's an age thing, but transdermal patch for people with pain that's perfect product mm. they had to reluctantly admit yeah you're right we're looking at my own demographic younger guys yeah. going no I'm, I'm i'm having that experience of uh that you know the, the product itself i'm not thinking about pain well you maybe in the future you will sure so the transdermal i think that's going to be something that will be the product of the future again we don't have it to market right now yeah. but it's coming
1: I used the uh, the Nicoderm patch or whatever yeah. when I was quitting smoking. Sure, uh, it's the sort of go. the same concept, and you know, like uh, if if you're going to listen, there's a lot of places where you go that you cannot smoke or vape or whatever. You're going on a hike with a family or something? You want to throw one of those patches on? Nobody's going to know. Like I think more people are going to come around to those patches well, than they, they maybe first thought.
3: Yeah, and again, I guess that's that's correct. It's simple to do, yeah. and then also there's still that perception by people that, oh, yeah, they're out vaping or smoking. And yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people, okay, whatever, don't yeah. care. But there's, but there's some there's people some that people, do. There's some yeah. people that may have a family member that's right. that doesn't like that, and yeah. so you got to, okay, fine. Maybe there's a certain <laughs> vintage, we we'll call it, where yeah. they, they don't think it's a appropriate so you have to kind of work around that and so but maybe for that's pain relief you know
1: for for pain relief for somebody who doesn't smoke or because listen the idea of smoking a joint if you've never smoked cigarettes could be disgusting for yeah. people right so yeah. i think i think those the topicals those sort of things are really going to take the market uh uh in 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 a really big way
3: yeah like you said the cbd i mean it could be simply no tc yeah They're just that's all right. cbd For pain control. Uh,
1: There's a lot of uh, new consumers. We kind of touched on this uh, a little bit, but there's not a lot of new consumers to cannabis that only know and care about THC. And I fully admit I was one of them uh, before I started learning about this. But what else in your view is there to be excited about with uh, you know there's there's more than THC in a yeah. plant. Like what else excites about you about the plant?
3: Yeah, so I think I think we, we we've we've alluded to terpenes quite mm-hmm. often. And I don't think maybe maybe we should take a step back on that too, because on the terpenes, I think a lot of people they hear the term terpenes, and really that that term terpene came from from the pine tree, the turpentine, okay. That's where terpene came from. But these fragrances are something that are really rising up. And I don't think a lot of people realize how many are in there. Yeah. And there is a lot. So when we test them, we've got a string of about, oh, I get in yeah,
1: a... Yeah, small about, percentages of each, right? Oh, yeah,
3: small percentage. So we can see, okay, that one, that's why that smells like that. That's why, like you said, about the K.O. finally yeah. with the pepper. There's the, there's the humulene that comes from, it's common to the hops plant. It's all right. cannabis's closest relative. So we got that in there. And we got all those, the combinations. So, again, you've got all the different terpenes, mm-hmm. and then you've got the amounts of each individual terpene that kind of combine to give you that fragrance and flavor right so it's having them there and it's having the different levels of them in there that's the exciting part of it I think also too like what you know from again I have to have to learn about that the actual bud structure, the fat buds the tight buds mm-hmm. people love that they want to see that they've been exposed to I guess smaller buds and substandard quality. One other thing that is absolutely critical we haven't talked about yet curing of oh yes yes curing of the cannabis so yeah crucial right crucial absolutely and so you get you get to the halfway mark once you harvest so our technique is we go in the grow rooms cut at base level hang it up take the carts out to the dry saw yeah so now if you don't deal with the proper curing like tobacco you end up with absolute two things can happen too wet and warm Mm -hmm. mold fails can't sell it too dry, it all falls apart. So nobody's going to take tobacco and have it crumble in their hands. Nobody, if, they, if the people had uh, pipes and uh, and cigars, what do you have? they have a humidor, right. right? So in that room, we are constantly checking temperature and humidity, and we also check what we call water act water activity. It's kind of a technical term, but what it really means is inside the tissue of the plant, there's moisture. But the different diseases can't get at it because Mm -hmm. it's kind of contained in the tissue. But on the surface, between the buds, if the water activity is high, that means, guess what? Boom, it's going to rot. You're going to have mold growing out of it. So we monitor water activity, temperature, humidity in the room, in and out. So that when that bud goes in, it is nice and flexible. Then we have these packs we put in our our plastic bags called Integra packs. And they just keep it at the correct humidity.
1: Everybody needs to have some. You got like to
3: have that. If you don't, you've got just dried out lawn grass. Yeah. Trust me,
1: when I get my bud back and I don't need a grinder because it's so dry, I'm not very happy. You no. need those those packs in there and and you're right, we, growing is just like half the half the the half you know, the you can grow the greatest plant if you don't cure it or dry it or yeah. or the the final process, it's going to be
3: worthless. Yeah, it's like growing a tomato and then you put the leave the tomato out in the back deck for a week in the sun. Right. Not going to taste so good yeah and so that that half of the equation again i call it the other half of the
2: equation
1: i think probably a lot of people get so excited by that process and maybe rush it too much especially maybe home growers especially right they're they're so excited that they they're almost there and they don't give it enough time
3: yeah and i think what's happened in the in the marketplace and i guess you know no fault of uh, of some of the lps but they've licensed producers but they got you know in their facility they had something installed that was just drying things down too mm. quickly, yeah. And they could see, man, we're stuck, man. We got to make some changes now because, great, the guys told us they could take humidity out. We forgot that it's regulating the humidity that goes out. Right, the plants giving it off. We can't, we can't drop it because they're gonna get this dry, awful stuff.
1: That's right. Yeah. So it, it's it's uh, it's very technical and very, yeah. um, it's timely, right? Like you got okay, this we have to do this now. We have to do this now. Uh, we, we talked about uh, terpenes a little bit. We talked about research um, and, and all the cannabinoids. I just, I, I'm so excited about, you know, I love that I can go buy a joint and smoke it and nobody's going to call the cops on me, right? right? That's great. But I also love all the cannabinoids we're going to learn about and, and the different benefits from this plant from scientific research. That That's what really excites me because we're going to learn so much about the plant and I think this is what's going to maybe open some eyes to people who were close-minded to cannabis in the past.
3: Well, and that's why Alice has done a smart thing in aligning themselves with two big institutions, Harvard yes. and University of Alberta. And so we went into U of A, and I know that uh, I think Sheldon and Jeff both went down to Harvard, and they met with the the, the uh, researchers down there. And again, we're a medicinal cannabis company. Yes, of course, we do have the adult use product as well but we're looking at how do we actually benefit society? Because that's why Sheldon got in the game too. You know, he had people, and a lot of people in their families have sure. different ailments, cancers, and things like that. You're looking, how can I, what can I do to either reduce pain or use it as a medication? So the U of A is going to be conducting, in the not-too-distant future, research on different things uh, where cannabis could be beneficial. So top-notch researchers. Same at Harvard. So aligning with those institutions is a really important thing and again, we can, after that, say, this is what it does. This is not us saying or making mm-hmm. any claims. This is what research has shown can uh, be some of the benefits of the cannabis. And again, for us to say it is disingenuous. That's right. Anecdotally, I can tell you what people tell me. Of course. But yeah. we need to have those reputable researchers who can say, look, at, this does this, and this does this. This doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, that's as, right. just as important. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So, But I think we're going to see a lot of things spinning off from that whether it be like particular diseases that we, yeah. that, are, that afflict the human population and maybe let's call it minor things like sleep. How do I have a better sleep? You think, well, that's not a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. You can't sleep, get a good sleep. You don't, you're not productive. Yeah.
1: Sleep is the foundation of my mental health. If if I have a bad sleep, I wake up, I'm not doing that. Exactly. well. So and we're uh, all in the same boat. Yeah, that it's way. it's yeah. yeah. And everybody to different degrees. And you're, you're right. Uh, I love the affiliation. I remember when that story first came out and I said on this show, I said, this is an argument against all the people that say pot is for dummies. Harvard is not studying uh, a plant that makes you dumb. Right. They're just not going near that. So that whole argument gets thrown out the window when... Credited institutions yeah. like Harvard and the University of Alberta, and many more are taking interest.
3: Yeah, and I think, but I think you, you, you talk about the, the stereotypes, yeah. right? So when I walk into the Atlas building, I will challenge people who are anti cannabis to go in there and pick out the users that's and the non right. users. Dock yourself out, try to find them. You think they're all stoners, like anybody's used it knows that's not the case. Yes. But these stereotypes persist. Uh, the people are coming to the door who are users are sharp they're sharp people got their act together show up on time they're not high 24 hours no, a not, day no they're not high 24 hours a day yeah. and uh,
1: it's it's it, that that stigma is is the, the 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 kind of the worst part about yeah uh this Well, it's it's the worst part about trying to convince people is they're they're closed-minded
3: Dean, how about you and I kill it today?
1: Yeah, let's, let's get rid of it. kill it, it right yeah. now. We're getting rid of the take, stigma. Take
3: that thing, that preconception of cannabis use, it, throw it out the door.
1: Yes. It's done. It's it over. It is out. It is out. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up with this. Uh, we're, we're coming up this weekend to the anniversary of legalization, so another uh, opportunity to celebrate. What do you think is the next big thing in in the kind of the cannabis industry? Uh, I'm, I'm always interested to find out what people think.
3: Well, I think the next the next big thing is going to be um, I think edibles have kind of they've been out there. And I think there's still some issues with how do you kind of regulate dosages and things like that. I think the next big thing will be to again, we talked about a bit before, look at the individual. How do we for some people? No, it doesn't. They don't want it. They don't need it. Whatever. That's done. How about for the people that want to use it? both as adult use or, medic- or adult use, medicinally, or both. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we take it to the next level and take care of that person's needs? That requires really to sit down and do some investigation on what the needs are and actually a little bit of trial and error maybe, so to speak, without going too far to see where does a 10% THC, is that right for you? Or is it 12%, right. whatever it is. That's that's kind of the next thing there. I think again, the various delivery systems will be the next thing. I talked about the patches, and I think we're we're headed down that road of how do we now not just get the right product for the right person? What about the delivery system? Right. People, some people don't want to smoke. They don't yeah. want to vape. They don't want to do that. Yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah. They prefer an edible. How do you have really fine tune edibles? How do you make it so it's good for a wide number? Uh, of the pop- a, a great percentage of the population that just simply do not want to do with the conventional
1: yeah. usage I, of the product. I feel sorry for the person that thinks you can only smoke pot. Yeah, I <laughs> know, yeah, you know, because there, as you mentioned, there's so many things. Uh, I, like I said, I think topicals are going to be big. Those patches, just drinks, edibles. Um, you know, I, so so I think there's going to be just more variety.
3: Yeah, and I th- I think we're on the cusp of having some uh, breakthrough on the research about some of the really solid benefits. That uh, you know it could be on the Alzheimer's side, mm-hmm. perhaps it could be on the muscular dystrophy side, or yeah. you know if that's the who knows. I you know, I don't even want to speculate on different diseases that people have, but yeah. there could so be much. something there. And at the very least, I'm not saying cure, but at the very least making their. Life much better because of these different cannabis
1: products. Yeah. Quality of life is is so important, um, you know, especially um, if that time of life is near the end. You want to be able to give that person as much quality as possible, and and like, and I don't think. Anybody? I've never heard anybody say cannabis is a cure-all, but cannabis, like CBD, for example, I'm not sure if it's going to uh, help uh, people with their Alzheimer's effects, but it might reduce the agitation that they feel, and it might be better for the caregiver as well. So there's a lot of benefits to 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 things like that to look into for people.
3: Yeah, Dean, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's not about, yeah, it's about how do you make how do you make our journey in life better, right? And Cure, great if you could cure something great. Yeah. But it's the journey.
1: Yeah. And you the, don't have to get high. Like our our tagline on this show is it's not just about getting no. high, it's about getting healthy. THC might not be for everybody. No. And it's not. THC is not for everybody. But but cannabis can be in in the different forms that it comes well, in.
3: I, I know it worked. The guy said to me, Jim, if you're gonna go something, don't don't do this one. You don't have enough experience over That's there. right. You're not this THC. No, no, don't do that. I can tell you you'll be on like <laughs> Couch lock, you yeah, can be on that couch. That's and, right, yeah, yeah couch, yeah. couch lock again, or you're out of it, man. So no, don't. <laughs> so we're not going to ever suggest you even use that yeah, stuff. You're yeah. kind of the, you're the, you're the novice at this, man. That's Just right. Try yeah. this one. Start maybe. with the CBD yeah. or something,
1: uh, Jim. This has been so fun, fascinating, and I learned so much. Thank you so much uh, for first of all inviting us to to Alice yeah. when you did, and for uh, spending some time. Uh, I hope to uh, see what else you guys have coming down the pipe in the in the next little while.
3: Stay tuned. Going to be exciting. Thanks, team.
0: This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.
1: That was a heck of a conversation, uh, and I could have picked his brain for so much more uh, time, but thank you so much, Jim Hole from Atlas Growers. And we are going to feature one of their creations on uh, um, what's that strain coming up with melon cookies. Uh, So that was certainly a lot of fun. And uh, we also had a lot of fun with one hitters with Jim Hole from Atlas Growers. You can check that out later on in the week as we get to know his cannabis history. And we kind of took a growing perspective of that. You can find that and full episodes www.cannabis101podcast.ca where you can subscribe also to The Weed Weekly and qualify for the Friday giveaway.
2: You got a joint?
0: Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for cannabis characters.
2: Dopest dope I've ever smoked.
0: Celebrating the best from fictional 420 films.
2: Hey, I am your stoner.
0: (laughs) And beyond.
2: Be careful with that, man. Is it heavy stuff, man?
1: All right, our cannabis character today. Uh, We're going, I mentioned him earlier in the show, actually, uh, the godfather of cannabis entertainment. It's Tommy Chong, but it's uh, not just uh, from uh, Up in Smoke or any of those great characters uh, that uh, Tommy Chong had. Uh, We're actually going Tommy Chong Leo from that 70s show. And if you're watching, you can see a picture of him and Hyde right there. He is the godfather of cannabis entertainment, along with uh, uh, Cheech Brain, of course. And it was interesting when they first split up. uh, Chong kept doing his thing um, with, uh, you know, cannabis and kind of the drug humor. Uh, Cheech went away from cannabis, did some hit shows and movies. Uh, Nash Bridges, and obviously he was in Tin Cup as the uh, caddy. That was an awesome movie. Uh, Chong then comes back into things with his uh, character, Uncle Leo on that 70s show showed up in season two as the owner of the photo hut disappears a while for a while as Tommy Chong went to jail in real life for selling bongs way to go. John Ashcroft. You really crushed the war on drugs by putting Tommy Chong in jail. Congratulations. Anyway, Leo did come back after Chong was released from prison and uh, here's a little uh, back and forth uh, with Leo and Hyde about something they now have in common.
2: Hey man, you missed your shift at the photo hut. You better have a damn good excuse. I got busted. Damn, that's a good excuse. <laughs> so, what'd they get you for? For loving me.
3: Because <laughs> she's like 14? <laughs> I got busted for possession.
2: Oh, man, join the club. Yeah, thanks. No, I mean join the club, man. We meet every Thursday. We're trying to raise money for a field trip to Amsterdam.
1: So there you go. Tommy Chong. Uh, by the way, Leo, the character, would be a 100 years old right now. Uh, he appeared in five total seasons on That 70s Show. Leo... Played by Tommy Chong from that 70s show, is our cannabis character this week.
0: What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator.
1: Good friend and our educator Chris Ionson of Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave joining us uh, on our uh, first uh, hour two video format. We tried the video once before, didn't quite work out. I think we have a uh, a much better setup this time around. How do you like it?
2: Uh, it seems neat so far, Dean. I'm pumped to see how it uh, how it turns out, but uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to just give us. Uh, you know, a, a bit of more of a reach and obviously um, allow people to see the cannabis that we are indeed talking about uh, each and every week. So uh, this week on episode 68, uh, good old Yarmar Yager, uh, we're doing another uh, fantastic strain. Uh, it's Melon Cookies uh and it's an indica dominant hybrid and and this one I think is cool for us because we actually had a chance to go and visit uh, Atlas Growers um that's who the the big uh umbrella is and Natural History is who makes this so I'm really excited about uh, diving into this because I have had some melon cookies before so and now that we've kind of seen behind the curtain uh I'm pretty excited what about you
2: Yeah yeah me too Dean it's uh it was a really cool strain. I I was a fan of it before, but then actually being able to like see it being grown and yeah. uh you know smell it right off the off the plant, there was uh, super cool.
1: Yeah. Uh for those uh that are watching on uh, the YouTube channel or the weedtube or our social media feeds, you can see a little bit what it looks like. Right there. Okay, so this is an indica-dominant hybrid from natural history, as mentioned, and they are under the Atlas Growers umbrella. And and we did talk about them recently, but just give us a bit of a refresher.
2: Yeah, for sure, Dean. So uh, Atlas Growers, they've been around since uh, 2015. Uh, They've been servicing uh, medical cannabis patients. Uh, but just recently they've hit the recreational cannabis market here in Canada, uh, with a bang, um, the natural history brand that they've come out with. Um, so far we've seen, um, just three strains come through so far, LA Kush cake, uh, the melon cookies and, uh, ACDC cookies as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, all have been like they, they're performing well. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of hype. A lot of people are coming back to the store to get more of it. So it's, uh, it's really nice to see. And, uh, Another cool thing about Atlas here that's kind of new news uh, with Atlas, it was, it was announced that uh, Atlas Growers, they partnered up with um, AltMed, and it's uh, an alternative med- medical enterprise out of Sarsota, Florida, and they're going to be bringing uh, Atlas Thrive, mm. and it's, uh, it's a variety of product formats like transdermal patches, uh, transdermal gels, tinctures, and capsules, And uh, so super exciting news there. So you'll be able to just slap a patch on, on the shoulder or the back, or I'm sure there'll be places where you're supposed to put them. Uh, But just to be able to just kind of throughout your day, uh, kind of have a slow time release of, of THC or CBD or, or both.
1: You know, this is uh, I I just think that's going to be such a game changer. Listen, You know, I I unfortunately smoked cigarettes for a long time and I was able to quit, but during some of those times I used that Nicoderm patch or whatever it was and it it did help. This is going to be so good for medical patients, but it's also going to be good for that guy who's going to an event or girl, person that's going to an event that's maybe not cannabis friendly. You can still have cannabis uh, about you and in you and uh, in your system with this thing. I think like this is just going to be something that is going to be just another vehicle for people to use this cannabis.
2: Yeah, totally. And it's I, I like too that they, you know they're they're first to market with this. You know, no one else has uh, has come through with it. Uh, and it's kind of with the partnership of Altmed, uh, they have this patented end caps technology, which delivers a, a long lasting, fast acting, and more effective form factor for patients. Wow. Um, and it's uh, it the the process makes. The cannabinoids, uh, water soluble, um, so for that quick, quick mm-hmm. uh, onset, uh, and it's you know readily ab- absorbed within the body, uh, super fast. So, uh, super exciting news. Um, we're gonna see the uh, Thrive products. Um, first, they're gonna be available on the Shoppers Drug Mart mm-hmm. uh, medical cannabis side. Yep. Um, hopefully, we we do see them come through on the rec side uh but for now it's just going to be through shoppers but worth uh worth looking into i i i'm i'm going to try them out uh (laughs) once they uh once they do come out for sure
1: i i just think it uh you know is is uh going to be a bit of a a game changer i think uh for you know different people that uh, you know maybe don't want to smoke or vape or something like that or drink or eat like I, i think it's just something that people are going to really gravitate towards. Now you and I were lucky enough to be able to visit, uh, Atlas growers. I mean, uh, it was awesome. And for those watching, you can see, uh, the selfies that Chris and I took and some of the (laughs) shots, uh, that we have. I mean, for me, this was my first facility to go to and what a facility to go to. And I don't know, you've maybe been to a few others, but I was just so impressed with just the amount of things, what what were some of the things that caught your eye on our tour?
2: Oh, geez, uh, I just thought it was super cool to see all the, the multiple different growing rooms with kind of different environmental mm-hmm. settings in there. Um, seeing their uh, human powered p- uh, packaging plants, yeah, uh, you know, uh, people there, you know, literally weighing up buds, uh, throwing them into the package, packages. Packages, uh, yeah, like
1: a lot of hands on yeah. human work.
2: Yeah, totally, Dean. Uh, which I think is important. I don't. I don't want that automation. I want mm-hmm. uh, the human touch with my bud. Uh, I also was a big fan of seeing that extractions laboratory there. There was a lot. It was like a chemist lab. Uh, a lot of stuff that was way over my head, uh, but it was super cool to see. And, and plus, the, you know, it's a testing facility too, so they can, yeah. you know, get, test their products. Um, yeah i uh, also the mother room uh which we, we didn't really get to go into we just got of just a peeked in yep but it was uh, neat to yeah. know that right yeah it was neat to see how just how big those those plants were in the in the vegetative state there and uh yeah it was just awesome to see mm-hmm. um yeah i don't I, know i
1: was a big fan we, you know in, in those big grow rooms we went into um you know the size and everything was consistent and you know I had Jim Hole on, on the show today. Uh, so lucky to be able to talk about uh, things with him. And that word consistency came up a lot in the conversation. Oh. Like, they want their, the, the melon cookies that they grow in November to be the same as the melon cookies they grow in July. And everything in that room was uniform. I loved, uh, and he explained this in the interview, but the rock mo- uh, rock uh, wall uh, that they use for, for their growing, uh, the the ability to just be able to, Move those beds apart if you need to get through. Like, it was just so almost perfect. Like I was just, everything looked, one plant looked the same as the other, which, yeah. you know, you've grown and and that
2: can sometimes <laughs> be difficult, can't oh, it? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, it was it was weird. Sometimes it, it, some of the rooms we were in, it felt like you were in like the matrix where it was just like all the plants were <laughs> yeah. all at the same height. Um, they were all trimmed up to the same height. It, it was, you know. It was very... like they were
1: clones of each other. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Yeah. It was really cool to see because, uh, yeah. When I grow, it's that's not the case at all. Yeah, so it's
1: uh... one of the things that I really liked too. And uh, I'm just going to bring up the picture for those watching. Uh, for those watching, the little corner picture of Chris and I is in the, uh, the 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 curing room and the drying room. That was a really cool process to to get through. And, and Jim and I talked about that. You know, you can have the best process you want. If you screw that up, it's all for naught, right? Yeah, that that's something that probably home growers rush too much. But that was cool to see how they did it.
2: Yeah, totally. Um and, and cool to see that yeah, they they are doing a, a full focus on that. Mm-hmm. Uh I I've heard that, you know from some of like the the bigger guys there there's less talk about the curing they just they, they grow it they it's dry it's a rushed it's, process yeah, sometimes it gets rushed and 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 cure, curing your cannabis uh, you know locks in some of the flavors and um, it's it's definitely worth doing so it's 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 nice to see that they're they're they are doing that mm-hmm.
1: I like some of the concentrate works uh, that work that they're doing as well yeah. um, you know just just being around that much cannabis for me was crazy holding a bag of you know <laughs> i I've never seen you know to get I've got. The the selfie up on the screen yeah. uh but you know seeing that they're they're working on some of the other stuff in that concentrates room that we kind of got to the the lab or whatever you got yeah, to see. It, it was just really neat to see that you know they're they're doing so many different things with their flower you know we talked about the patches coming out but they've got some concentrate work going on too
2: yeah, big time. Uh, I felt like we spent some good, a good amount of time in that lab mm. there, just talking about stuff. And and they have that uh, that isolate machine where they can actually isolate uh, certain can- cannabinoids yes. there, so they can have you know CBN, CBG uh, pulled right out. Which uh, is
1: so important because we're going to see so much more about those different cannabinoids in, down the road.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, <laughs> there's you know over over a hundred uh, cannabinoids out there. So that we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Right. So um so it'd be cool to see you know them them bringing out uh, um, you know more options and, mm. and stuff uh, I was also super pumped on the tour Dean when we got to see uh the jars of the samples yes of of some of their new strains that are gonna be coming out in like the season two of Natural History yes. uh holy crap uh some of that stuff just looked amazing yeah. uh, and the smell too. It did. And, and, you know,
1: it was part, part of the, you know, seeing everything on the tour was, was amazing. You know, being able to see, this is how we get from, you know, seed to store, yeah. whatever it might be. But, Just the conversations I found that I was able to have as we were going about, you know, this question or this, you know, for me, I'm very new to grow. I don't know hardly anything about growing. So I was, (laughs) I went in with zero knowledge basically and how it was explained to me by, by these guys, the different people that we met. I could actually understand it. So I just, I love the conversations that we were able to have with different people about questions and seeing things. And, and I love the hands on. So bravo to Atlas. Was there anything else that, that I've missed here? I don't want to uh, miss anything that we, that we talked about because it just was so fun and so educational.
2: Yeah, I think, um, uh, I don't know that we missed anything. I, I want to echo that sentiment too, though, about you know, the guys that did tour us around. Um, yeah, it was, it was just great. Um, yeah, felt like we got all our questions answered and -hmm. and everyone in there too, uh, you know, there's a passion for for the plant um, and it's cool to see.
1: Yeah, indeed. All right, so let's get to a little bit of the history of uh, melon cookies. And uh, for those of you at home watching, there's a nice look at what this bunch looks like. Oh my goodness. It's so gorgeous. All right, so the history is uh, watermelon OG crossed with forum cut girl scout cookies uh sounds like there's some information behind that that you could tell us about
2: <laughs> yeah totally there is dean uh so yeah melon cookies um the genetics that natural history has they were bred by lit farms uh by a grower by the name of uh, ray sciavoni uh, and his flower brand in the states is tahoe hydroponics okay and um and a big shout out to Reed uh, from Atlas. I just got to do that right now. Uh, he hooked me up with some really cool and in, in, informative insider info mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to share with you guys here. So, uh, with the forum cut GSC, uh, this is the original cut of Girl Scout cookies uh, that was passed around uh, the IC Mag forums, um, which is the International Canographic Magazine Forum.
1: So, we've heard of pre 98 Bubba Kush. As being something special. Is this kind of like the special original version yeah. of Girl Scout cookies, sort of thing?
2: Yeah, like I I, I have heard that. I've seen that online. And, and I've also seen, uh, you know, opposites yes. too, just with, uh, the, with, with the cannabis industry. There's, uh, you, yeah. know, hearsay, you know, hearsay and oh, who did it first and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I definitely found that the forum cut was, uh, you know, one of the originals. Uh, and it, like I said, it was passed around the IC Meg forums by Ghost. Uh, of always be flowering genetics okay. I love that name nice. uh, and um yeah despite the internet rumors of the gsc lineage uh ghost and the people he got the plant from um uh, they had no real idea uh, of, of the the full-on genetics that, and is it, it is a likely cr- cross of the two popular cultivars growing in the bay area of california during 2005 and 2008 and that being og kush and cherry pie mm-hmm. so uh real cool story with the forum cut. Um, and you know it's a, uh, it is a, a you know kind of a tougher, uh, strain to, uh, cultivar to grow. Um, you know you really got to kind of know what you're doing with it. Um, so uh, kudos to the guys for bringing in that forum cut. Uh, and then we got the watermelon OG, uh, and that is uh, a watermelon Skittles crossed with an OG Kush, and. Um, there's two very good breeders that have this plant by name. Yeah. And it's uh, Dying Breed Seeds and Lit Farms. And uh, Now, Dying Breed says that their cross is Watermelon Skittles and O.G. Eddy, and Lit Farms says theirs is Watermelon Skittles and the Tahoe, uh, Tahoe Hydro O.G. Uh-oh. Both have claimed that the other has not bred the plant but stole the cut from <laughs> the other guy for breeding purposes. Uh, there's been some, some harsh words thrown around on Instagram about this. Let's hope mm-hmm. these
1: guys don't meet in the parking lot at 3 o'clock, after school or something <laughs> by the bike rack here, eh?
2: See you at the monkey bars. <laughs> yeah, uh, but wow. um, the cut that Atlas is using uh, for their melon cookies is is the one that Ray had from Lit Farms. Okay, um, and uh, Lit Farms has only put out an F one version of the watermelon OG. Um, so um, yeah, with with that, um, that's that's what Atlas is using. They've, they've got the F one,
1: right? And and listen, Atlas. Loves a challenge. You know, I found that out from my conversation with uh, with Jim and and for meeting those people. So this would be something that'd be like, yeah, this is a little bit difficult. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, really. Uh, like... Uh, with with the, the genetics and that that forum cut GSC, um, you know, it, it, it comes with uh, distinct, desirable bud structures, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's been known to have an intersex issue, so hermaphrodites can, can come from it right. uh, due to the nature and how the GSC was bred. So, um, it's kind of a trickier plant to grow, and you've got to really monitor um, any kind of males mm-hmm. that popping up in, in in within your grow room. Uh, but it's 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 the structure of it, and and also the you know. How it's a, a tougher strain to to grow. It's not super easy, uh, but it, it's going to give you kind of optimal genetics, sure. and so that's why Atlas is kind of going that route. They don't like to take the easy way out, um, which I, I absolutely respect. Uh, you know, if it's easy to grow, uh, let everybody else, would do it. Yeah, yeah, let someone else grow it, and, mm. and you know, work on something really cool and different.
1: Okay so uh, the website is www.naturalhistory.ca um they're uh, it's kind of still being built uh there's not a lot to it right now there's the just the homepage but there's a lot of cool stuff uh, coming on the way with this website
2: yeah, absolutely. I uh, I had a talk with uh, Sheldon recently, and he kind of mentioned that uh, that the website is going to be launching pretty soon here, and it's going to be super nice. So for now, we've just got that that splash page, but uh, you know, stay tuned, keep checking on it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, I, I hope too uh, on that website they're going to show you know the coming soon stuff, sure. Too, with, you know the, the new stuff that we can kind of like get our mouths watering for in advance.
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, so that was Sheldon Kroom, uh, who who we met, who is their CEO, and uh, popped into your store. That must have been pretty cool.
2: Yeah, for sure it was. Uh yeah, I was actually uh, I was bent down at my deli case uh, like tidying up and I I heard one of my staff, you know, ask a customer, "Hey, how can I help you out?" and he said, you know, it's Chris here and I popped right up and we met uh <laughs> face to face, uh, mask to mask. There we
1: go. And, uh, eye to eye.
2: Yeah, and uh, and had a, a good chat though. Uh he's uh, he's a great guy. Like I think we talked about him on mm. the on the last time we we did natural history, but just just a visionary in terms of uh you know, the, the business and all all his ventures that he's done over the years, but yep. Now getting into cannabis, though, uh, you, you can tell that it's it, they're going strong here.
1: Brilliant stuff. Uh, so naturalhistory.ca is where you can check that out. Uh, the THC in this, 18.8%. Also, they list the total terpene percentage, listed at 1.0624. And they also have uh, terpenes color-coded. Uh, we just need the legend for that at some point, and I'm sure that's coming.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's in their, their marketing books, mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully we'll see it on the packaging just so that customers can be aware of
1: yeah that. but at the very least um you know you in stores um you guys know as uh yeah. and you can point that out to, i, to I will nerd out people. in store and, yeah. and,
2: and check on those ticks uh,
1: it is interesting to try to guess what color goes with what terpene uh, <laughs> pro terpene and things like that so i love that they do that um and uh i love that they list the uh, terpene uh, percentages. yeah well, like so.
2: for sure i think that's that's big i'd, I'd like to see everyone in the industry mm-hmm. start doing that because um, yeah it just it's important to know those facts.
1: You bet. As for what's in a name, uh, this is pretty basic and pretty easy to find out.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's a genetic name there. We got the watermelon OG, melon. We got the Forum Girl Scout cookies. So melon cookies, pretty pretty basic there.
1: Pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, when we take a look at the look, um, uh, for those uh, that are watching, you can see the package is uh, it's pretty great. Uh, we already talked about the, the terpenes listed on it, but the size, everything about it, uh, seems like it's perfect.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, I also think it's a, you know, high quality bag too. This, mm-hmm. uh, this Child Proof line bag. Um, I think it's a good size for a 3.5 doesn't mm-hmm. need to be any bigger. Uh, Still
1: holds big buds.
2: Yeah, it does. Uh, and it, you know, it's, it's line too. So, um, I don't, I feel like this, this bag, uh, doesn't take, you know, a lot of the trichomes off. Uh, it's going to keep things pretty in pretty intact. Mm. So, um, Big fan of it, yes.
1: All right. As for when you get the cannabis out, and we're looking at it on screen, if you're lucky enough to be watching it, man, that purple stands out so much for me.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. And the trim job on this stuff, too, uh, well done to the, the Atlas team. Um, we've got two tones of green. We've got the, kind of the light green, the dark green, mm-hmm. and then we've got purple flecks kind of covering the buds, too. Yep. Um, really dense nugs, too. You know, I've taken just a small little nug, ground it up, and I I was able to get, you know, a good-sized joint out of that, so real thick and dense. Um, Under the magnifying glass, this stuff looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, It just
1: looks without it even. I can't imagine how good that looks.
2: (laughs) Right? It looks good without it. But yeah, if you got a magnifying glass on it, it's so important. You know, it's covered in a thick layer of spiny trichomes. It's going to look like they're di- dancing. Yeah, like the trichomes have trichomes and those trichomes have trichomes. Mike
1: Tyson would say spinal.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, it's really nice looking stuff uh, for sure.
1: All right. Uh, this has an interesting smell. Um, we kind of cl- uh, gave it the name of fruity gas.
2: Yeah. Fruity gas definitely, is, especially after the grind. After the grind, yeah.
1: the the gas it becomes a little bit smells a little bit more diesely than before.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's is interesting. I mean, I mean, just smelling the butter and some, though. Uh, I definitely fruity, fruity and sweety, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very similar to like a like a Jolly Rancher candy is yeah. kind of what it reminded me of, like a watermelon one, uh, or kind of the cantaloupe that that melon kind of fruit. Yes. Um, I do think that in the smell there's like a subtle... Uh, spicy almost cheesiness to it Okay, that's just very light uh, but I, I did get that and I asked other people about it and they seem to get it too. All right. <laughs> um, yeah I, I like to do whenever I'm, I'm smelling stuff I like to get a couple of different opinions on it. Yeah. So.
1: Well every once in a while when we kind of can't get one we'll get my wife Trish nosy McGee to uh, slide <laughs> in and uh, take a sniff and I think that's good yeah. especially with somebody that has no preconceived notions. If, if I Go tell ahead. you it smells like berries you might just be thinking berries and it's uh, our brain works in mysterious ways right
2: yeah it's I mean, it's best to go in blind which yeah. that's what we always do with trish it yeah. always seems to work out well
1: yeah uh let's talk about terpenes with this
2: yeah so the uh the three dominant terpenes to melon cookies uh we've got caryophylline is uh, number one there that's uh black pepper spice uh that's dean's favorite one um we've got limonene coming up next that's uh citrusy kind of fruitiness and obviously with the melon cookies that's going to be there and then uh is the third dominant terpene and that's kind of the earthy kind of uh uh, like cloves, uh, flavor.
1: Okay. I've, uh, started to fire up the supernova. That's the, uh, volcano hybrid, uh, using click and collect that I was able to grab from your store. Um, seems like a long time ago yeah. <laughs> that, I, that I got this, but man, <laughs> this thing is awesome. So I'm warming it up. Tell me about your experience. We want to point out that everybody does react a little bit differently uh, to cannabis because of our own, uh, genes and our DNA. Uh, but what, what was your experience with this?
2: Yeah, so my experience being super euphoric high, um, not too heavy, like I didn't, you know, melt into my couch and not be able to move. So okay. that was nice. I was kind of like an active indica, uh, very smiley. Uh, so it, I, when I smoke it, I just smile a lot. Just feels life, just feels good. I couldn't stop smiling when I smoked it. Um, uh, Matilda from Atlas, she actually uh, warned me that I would feel this way. Nice <laughs> before uh, I actually tried it, and she was right. She was bang on with that. That's a great warning. Yeah, warning. this cannabis is gonna make you feel amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that was really nice. Uh, I found also was you know very relaxing effects on on the body mm-hmm. and a real enjoyable head buzz that just kind of floated me right up to the clouds. Um, highly, highly recommended. Uh, Actually, one of my my good friends, uh, Bobby, he had sent me a text just yesterday. Um, We we went to BC on a trip recently and, you know, tried out a bunch of cannabis we can't get here in Alberta. And he's kind of one of my, I I smoke quite a bit with him. And yesterday he texted me, uh, you were absolutely right about natural history. The melon cookies is bonkers. Yeah, it is. That was really nice to
1: see. Okay, let's get to the three W's as I uh, fill up the bag. Uh, Who, what, and when is melon cookies good for?
2: So who it's good for? Intermediate smokers and up. Uh, anyone who's had a, a long day looking to unwind. Uh, I also think it's really good for someone like me. Mm-hmm. And just uh, You know, the cannabis enthusiast. If you're Experience, looking for, yeah. Yeah, you're looking for a nice flavor, good smoke. Uh, what it's good for, Dean? Uh, right after dinner. I, I really enjoyed it a few times right after dinner.
1: Like a dessert almost. Yeah,
2: it is quite a dessert cannabis uh, cultivar for me. Um, yeah, just with that sweet flavor and the euphoric effects, it just complements a, a nice dinner. Uh, when it's good for uh, pretty much any time of the day, uh, which I, I love getting these ones where, you know, I can, I can start my day with a wake and bake and feel amazing. And, uh, and, you know, not, not too sedative or chilled out, uh, Get but, some stuff done. And then even in the evening too is great. So it was, for me, it was kind of all day long. It was a, a good smoke for me.
1: All right. So, the sweetness continues in the taste, does it not? Like yeah. we, we smelled it, and we're tasting it as well. Sweet, in the melon fruity taste. What else? Uh, what else am I getting? I'm I'm trying to think of it. But what so what, what do you remember?
2: For me, it was. Uh, it reminded me of uh, like I got I got serious grape, kind of the berry fruit uh, on the inhale, and then I got kind of a spiciness on the on the exhale a little bit. Um, I also commented here, like very smooth smoke, uh, and super easy on the throat. Uh, just so it just, I don't know if that ha- has to do with the taste, but it's, uh, I just found that it's it, delightful to to Is hit. Sorry. There's a little bit of cheese in there too. I, that's, that's kind of what I got yeah. too. Yeah. A little it's, bit. Yeah. It's super nice.
1: It's really smooth. And I, I, right after our tour, I picked this up and, uh, man, it, it, it's so good. It does not uh, disappoint. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having some of this a little bit later because I think it's going to make for a good night. Melon cookies, indica dominant hybrid, um, from natural history. It's definitely worth picking up using click and collect at Nova cannabis. And Hey, we're going to celebrate another anniversary this weekend, Chris, not you and I personally, but, uh, (laughs) legalization. Yeah. Is celebrating another anniversary. And, um, You know, there's going to be stuff going on, I think, a lot. Tell us what you guys have going on.
2: Yeah, so for the second year legalization, October 17th, um, yeah, we're going to be having uh, at all of our stores, we're going to have like um, a 420 specific sale. Uh, which I can't really get into the details, but there will be if you're in a Nova store at at the 4:20 time. Uh, there's going to be pretty pretty crazy deals. Um, we're not really making a, a big big to do uh, with it this year with uh, what's happening in the world and COVID to and be social careful. distancing. So we're you know we're not looking to have uh, DJs or you know big no. parking lot party here. Uh, but uh, we're definitely super proud and, and and happy to be doing this. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, come down and celebrate with us uh, for a quick little stop.
1: Can you believe we're going into year three of legal cannabis? Like I still sometimes pinch myself when we're doing this show that we're actually allowed to talk about getting high and, and, and getting healthy with cannabis. It is just sometimes I, I I just think like, am I dreaming? Like, is
2: this real? Uh, I echo that sentiment, man. This is like the dream career for me. So, uh, yeah, for me to get up every day and you know, I, I go to work in the cannabis industry, like and that's, educate people. That's, yeah, I love that's it. So man.
1: great. So this Saturday between four twenty and five twenty. That's right. I'll see you there. sounds good, Dean. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, melon cookies uh, from Atlas, uh, from natural history under Atlas growers, um, obviously a company you and I both have a high amount of respect for. Very grateful that they were able to uh, give us a quick tour. And for those uh, watching, we'll throw up a couple of more pictures as we uh, say goodbye for this week. Thanks uh, once again, Chris, for joining me we'll talk next week. Happy anniversary this weekend.
2: <laughs> no, thanks Dean. It's, uh, thanks for having me too.
0: This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.
1: All right, that's going to pretty much wrap things up. want to remind you that if you're listening to this, you can watch us on our YouTube or the WeTube channel or any of our social media feeds. Uh, we'll also be having some product reviews going up on our YouTube and the WeedTube channel, so make sure you check that out, and we'll be streaming the show on uh, Twitter and Facebook and uh, whenever else, Twitch uh wherever else we can hope you enjoyed the show uh if you did please let us know by uh, subscribing and leaving us a review it would certainly be huge and there's a lot of different ways you can get in touch with us namely if you'd like to be involved in the program as a guest or if you think you'd like to do some advertising uh we're starting to bring on some sponsors on board and we will certainly get the word out about you and your product. You can hit me up on email, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to get on the show as a guest or an advertiser, please let me know. By the way, hour number one will come out next Monday. Featuring David Wiley of the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News, as well as Malcolm Labelle of the Green Generation Co. in the business of cannabis. Uh, we did have our number one this week, so you can check that out at the Cannabis 101 Podcast.ca. Uh, we will have another cannabis question and teach you some weed words of the day uh, come Monday, and past episodes can be found at the website. You can also find more podcasts and shows of a different variety namely sports at www.podcastalley.ca. I have sports and more tracking the draft with Craig button and fantasy fun time with myself and Jamie Thomas. All right. Big thanks to Jim hole of Atlas growers for joining me on the program. It was uh, such an honor to have uh, him and uh, have him share some knowledge with us. Uh, always appreciate Uh, learning from new people in the cannabis industry. And of course, Chris Ionson from Nova Cannabis, Jasper Av on What's That Strain? We did melon cookies from Natural History under the Atlas Grower's Umbrella. So I highly recommend that. Don't forget to chime in on the cannabis question. Who are you thankful for when it comes to the cannabis industry? That's going to wrap things up for me. Thank you so much for joining us. If you missed anything, check out Cannabis101podcast.ca for past episodes and more. We'll chat again on Monday when we bring you our number two or our number one on Monday. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, we end things with the marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. And remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Mm-hmm.